What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? Welcome back to the 1025 Podcast. This is episode five. I'm George, along with Ashanti and Kristen. And in this episode, we've got Ashanti being our moderator. So Ashanti, take it away. Today we'll be talking about four different topics, and there are symbolic politics and Kamala Harris's nomination for vice presidents, Cardi B's divorce from office, stand culture, and the importance of preservation, self-preservation. Now, one of the first things I want to talk talk about with Kamala Harris's nomination is this thing called politics for marginalized and one of the most, um, one of the things that infiltrates symbolic politics a lot of the time is political relevance. And those are things that hold on from the past, past American, like past American eras. One of the most, um, one of the things to see, all know what Reaganism was in America. It was very detrimental to black people, especially with how he composed the welfare system. It screwed so many people up. And now we're talking about people are holding on to these relics and I feel like it's just a lot of information and information is echo marginalized community all I feel like we're being fed, um we're being fed broken promises like not everyone is able to have traditional families not everyone is able to um get the same wages and whatnot and I feel like people try and feed people the American dream but it's just not sustainable for everybody so when we're talking about this next election I really need this misinformation to stop it has to stop apology effective policy change is the key misinformation is not misleading people is not so when talking about Kamala Harris's um, election I feel like for people it's very symbolic but people are also worried about how effective she will be towards policy change and I wanted you guys to um have you guys seen like even in the past I lived with this um, election, um, symbolic politics play out in a bad way. Definitely. Especially during the Obama presidency, because people did see him as well. He's the first black president, but because of this, he has to represent for everyone. And because of that, he had to compromise so much. And even, they put in so many filibusters, he can even get a lot of his laws passed. Yeah. Simply just because he was a black man who was president. Right. And piggybacking, piggybacking off of what Kristen was saying, I do remember when Obama was first elected, a lot of people thought that he was going to kind of be like the savior for black people in a way. Like, okay, we got the first black president. He's going to change all the policies. You know, police aren't going to be killing unarmed black men. You know, uh, we're going to be, we're going to be, you know, good. We're going to, you know, prosper in this society. And then eight years later, we can kind of see that that didn't really go according to plan. And these problems are still happening. Now with Kamala, um, Ms. Harris, I think that she's also, I feel going to be like that pawn, very similar to how Obama was, where a lot of people are going to look at her to be like, oh, she's going to be, she's going to be the one to help out and, you know, change the community for better, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, firstly, we have to recognize that the Black community's idea of progress is not monolithic. We don't all think the same. And when we're talking about introducing a person um, of an ethnic background to such to a position that holds, I guess, a decent amount of power is important because firstly, she is a diverse person. She'll bring in you know, diverse perspectives. And while the Black community um, does 
necessarily need like that monolithic presence. We need people that are going to make policies that are helpful for all of us. So to me, it's to me, I don't think it's purely symbolic. I think it's important to have a black woman be vice president. Kamala has held Kamala has broken um a decent amount of barriers. She was elected twice um as attorney general in California. She's the second woman to be elected to the Senate in United in American history. So I think with that being said, I think she can I think she can do a lot for us. But one thing I wanted to make clear is that black the entity of we, we all need, we all need certain policy reforms, but we all don't think the same. So it's not necessarily her just being black, it's the fact that she diversifies this very white political um, theater. It's so fucking white. We need a black woman in the White House. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, so that's important. It's more than symbolism. Right. And even with like, I always think about um, Michelle Obama when I think of Kamala Harris. When... Michelle and Barack were in office. Michelle Obama had a really good impact when it came to the community, whether it was uh, how kids should be eating food, you know, being more healthy and more active, you know, even with like Obamacare, when Obama introduced it. I feel like Kamala, she, I feel like she has the potential to make an impact in the office, even though she is vice president, you know, the main dude is Joe Biden, who has worked alongside Obama. I feel like both of them, they have the potential to be a great, you know, team for these four years or hopefully eight years, you know? Yeah. But I also... Keep going. Well, I also think her getting elected would definitely be symbolic of change and acceptance, especially considering that this is one of the first presidencies that um, three major political parties actually nominated women. The Democratic Party nominated Kamala Harris for VP, Angela Nicole Walker for VP of the Green Party, and Jill Jorgensen, Jorgensen for president of the Libertarian Party. Yeah. 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 Even on a smaller level, you see a lot of women um, running for these like um, positions as state councilmen or state councilwomen. So mm -hmm. definitely President Trump, everything this popped off. We want to diversify American politics, yeah. so the policies, and um, but symbolism. Like I said the black entity is not monolithic. We don't all think the same. So even within mm -hmm. that, make sure that everyone, everyone, getting fed. I guess, and that's kind of hard. She might only if they want, and she's only going to be in there for four years. And the vice president is really heads over the Senate. Yeah as far as legislation goes head to senate and you know, people have one of the main problems people have with kamala is that while she pushed some very progressive legislation while she was attorney general of um of california i guess and did things that were helpful and deteriorating the um the defunct prison industrial like all that stuff people are saying that she didn't do enough with the power that she had that instead of centrist or moderate and that's not going to help us very much but at the same time it's because i believe she wasn't able to do the things that she wanted to do or be as impactful in california as one i mean people that look like don't really i mean when you're combating like racism and systematic racism it's going to be hard for you to push impactful legislation because the pe there aren't people that look like you first of all and you're having to combat like like just a whole different way of thinking i guess so we can't expect her to do too too much you know we can't expect her to be, and I'm sorry to cut you off. 
We can't yeah. expect her to be the the savior that we all you know want. We can't paint this picture that like Kamala and even Obama were the black saviors of the black community. We can't do that because these people are humans just like us, you know. And yeah, there are rules and policies that they have to go by as well. They're not all powerful people. Yeah. Yeah, that's why a lot of people have disconnected with the political system in America, because everything, you, you feel so separate from it. We expect these people to be able to do a lot more than what they have, but exactly why that is all correspondence, and the people that are corresponding with aren't always fight for us, really. So it's just really weird. It's a paradox at this point, you know. We expect her to fight for us, but it's just because the way that the system is, she can't do it in the way that she might want to personally. People, you know, all the other progressives that pushed out and moderates can push the legislature. Yeah. But I think we do it because oftentimes we do want to figure it. Someone that looks like us in a position higher than us to do better than us, but that just can't happen if we haven't already taken care and taken accountability of the system. Right. And, and I feel like it's, it's like with uh, Kamala Harris's situation, it's like you can help change the world, but don't try to like start like an uprising, whatever, where everybody feels all superior and, oh, yeah, we got it. No, nah, you still got to follow the rules. You're still in the United States of America, even, even though that we are going to be united. Very few people are going to have more privileges and powers over the rest of the people. Yeah. Well, no. And you know, I want to like crap of everything. I think, like Kristen said, it's very important to see people like you in these high, high. It's inspiring. You know, there could be a little girl out there that is inspired by the fact that we would have the first black woman, you know, vice president. Yeah. So we can't necessarily tear the symbolism up for reform. It's valuable, but this. Time we're talking about effective policy change. Kamala cannot be burdened with Kamala burden entire needs of like the Black diaspora in America because she's not going to be able to do what we what we can with how like it functions within itself. The actual function of American government. Forget right. like this. Forget like um, the systematic racism that could exist within it. It's like the functions of government. He is vice president. When we're talking about effective policy changes. It's the state legislature that you guys are worrying about. It's voting for the state council. It's understanding the type of laws that they're going to push, you know? On local levels. Absolutely. I agree 100% of what you're talking about. Yeah. I guess, you know, as far as politics, know how it's bad for American politics or anything about Kamala Harris. I think the cons to this is we actually end up leaving a whole lot of systems in place simply just because of the sentimental or historical value to it. Right. And then that makes it to where we cannot further analyze the system. And, and further reconstruct the system from the ground up. You know what I'm saying? We still have to kind of piggyback yeah. off of what. Uh, people from centuries ago kind of set in place you know we can't fully rewrite the constitution you know what i'm saying it's like we can't we can't do none of that yeah yeah, yeah. i think some pretty good points so 
No one else has anything to say? Nope. I'm def I'm voting Biden in this situation. They're definitely lesser of two evils. And you know, I'm going to vote for what right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, as we all. Yeah. Um okay, next one is Cardi B announcing her divorce from offset. Uh, I definitely what do you guys have to say about that? Originally when well, yeah. But like for me, originally when I found out that they were dating, you know, I didn't really think that they were married because I remember a few years ago when they started dating and then they were, uh, she was pregnant with culture that I think they kind of, she kind of announced on Instagram that, yeah, we're not really dating anymore because of cheating, infidelity, whatever. And then years later, I'm thinking to myself, wait, they were actually like married or something like that? Like, I don't really follow Cardi B or Offset. But I was just like, whoa, they're actually married and he's cheating again. But then a few days ago, she even mentioned on IG Live that, no, it wasn't cheating. She was just tired of the arguments and tired of all the drama and toxicity that was going on, you know, in his life, basically. Yeah, Kristen? Oh, oh you don't have I think that said my piece on that because I don't really know what went on behind closed doors. She could have divorced him for any other reason. Yeah. So not... Yeah. Yeah, but um, one of the main issues I, I have is the fact that, well, one, people are in, like, just all up in their business. But also the issue I have is how is this going to affect culture? I feel like divorce whether you're rich or poor, it's going to affect the child 100%. You know what I'm saying? Maybe culture, when she grows up, she might feel this sense of, and I really don't want to say this, but this sense of like guilt where it's like, well, what? wow, did my birth kind of cause the parents to be divorced? Uh, did, you know, what, what happened? You know, why did my dad do what he did? Why did my mom divorce him, you know? It's very complex, and only time will tell to see what happens in the coming future, what culture will think about. Yeah. And a lot of people were actually um, critiquing their marriage from the get-go, saying that while Offset is a valuable man as far as, like, money, he's not, well, based off of what he's done before, he's not a very valuable man as far as, like, maybe, like, traditional value. Or time for like, couples or like, couples end up like cheating on each other especially when we're talking about like rap culture we yeah. see it all the time all the time and you don't necessarily say that they are in an open relationship but it's just like you take something that's so that's so simple as marriage and you're repeatedly cheating on your wife you're having multiple children outside of your marriage yeah. and i want children to be seeing this repeated like just so so often yeah I agree, and I and I remember uh, when I, we were when I was reading the outline, you know, that you sent me. You were saying, "Will her music be more reflective yeah. of personal life?" And when I when I read that question, it reminded me of a lot of albums that kind of touch on certain topics that have 
that artists have gone through. The biggest example for me, and I have four examples, would be, of course, Lemonade by Beyonce, where it was revealed that Jay-Z cheated on her and she was going to leave him, but then I'm guessing Blue and then the fact that she had three children by him kept them together. Another one would be 808s and Heartbreak by Kanye West, where his mom passed away and then he he uh got well he broke up with his fiance and that just caused him to become even more depressed and that's why he made that album mm-hmm. another one is my dear melancholy by the weekend where selena gomez his then girlfriend broke up with him today justin bieber and that caused him to be a little bit more introspective and reflective all of these albums the artists were very introspective and they reinvented themselves from like the ground up and then the last one is rated r by rihanna where this was right after the chris brown incident and this was like a dark period in her life where she had to kind of um you know look at the situation and how this affected her not just physically but mentally as well so i feel like maybe in the foreseeable future, Cardi B's music will be a little bit more introspective, but she might, she might just stick to the braggadocious, I'm the baddest chick in the game, and yeah. all that. I feel like it might become a little bit more reflective because divorce is probably just a very stressful time in your life, and she needs an outlet to let it out. So Right, and music yeah. is that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing I definitely wanted to talk about is how, uh, um, so when we're talking about music and how romance is like, um, I guess, idolized in a way within music, we often see female rappers, like they're, they're it's, it's a controversial topic, like displaying their promiscu- um, promiscuity in a very obvious way, but also at the same time pulling back, I guess, and being like, I only do this with my blah, 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 this is how I can all this other stuff. So I think it's kind of not contradicting. It's odd to see her come out a song like WAP, WAP, I guess. And mm-hmm. I thought what the lyric was. I can't, I can't exactly remember, but, um, and then I can't exactly remember. And then to see her get divorced after that. And I don't think I myself could be too convicting of it because her personal life is obviously very separate from her celebrity life. But just to bring up yeah. things has like said to Candace Owens, I think she just took an L by getting divorced from Offset too. Right. They had about the whole Candace Owens um, thing. Yeah, they was going back at it on uh, Twitter and stuff. Yeah, she called her out for um, dating outside her race and eventually marrying a white man. But also Cardi B has to recognize that she was herself was in an interracial relationship girl what are you talking about i mean that that's me personally but um, also at the same time it just doesn't look good on her to have a man that has cheated on her probably multiple times and to be calling out another woman's what seems to be like very fruitful marriage yeah, I, I don't awesome. I, i'm not open candace on the i don't know what her husband is doing but i'm just like pretty oh stop <laughs> right yeah that, it, just, it was just kind of awkward um to me but um, one thing I wanted to say is, after this divorce, do you think um, how people view Cardi B's career will be positive or negative now that she is an unmarried woman who is sexually displays her body? I feel like it will be like a double-edged. 
Yeah. I feel like it would be like a double-edged sword. Like on one half, you're going to have the fans that are going to be like, ah, congratulations, Cardi. You don't need him. Screw him. All that. And then the other half is going to be like, okay, you just got a divorce with this dude and you're one of the most sexual music acts in music from the past, you know, about what, three years, I think. A lot of people are going to think, oh, she's just doing this because she want to get her another man and all that. And I'm just thinking to myself, it, it doesn't work like that because even if, let's say, let's say if Nicki Minaj, you know, broke up with the, the dude she's dating and pregnant, basically, it's like, they're not going to view her as, oh, she just getting another man, all that, and all, F that dude and all that. You know, she's, she's herself. She's the same quirky person that we knew back in 2009. With Cardi, I don't really think her image will be tainted. She'll just kind of revert back to the same person that she was. What do you think, But I think part of it is also they might judge her because now she'll be a single mother. So I do think people will judge her based off of that, despite what they've been through. She was all scared and everybody. And that's why you're literally being a millionaire. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants to. Right. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. All right. Do you guys have anything else to speak on about this divorce? Only time will tell. We'll, we'll see what else is revealed in the coming weeks or what else. All right. Okay, our next culture will be talking about um, stand culture and possibly the toxicity of stand now, I'm pretty sure we are all, you know, very keen on fan culture, um, what is status of our knowledge, like all that stuff. Yeah. But even for instance, um, how we are introduced to celebrities and how idolizing the celebrities can either be detrimental to like our personal relationship and how we idolize celebrities can kind of make us view ourselves in a negative way. So I wanted to firstly ask you guys, when was the, what was the first celebrity that you, I guess, really looked up to? Or was like very fond of? I would say the first celebrity that I was very fond to would be uh, Beyonce back in like when I was six years old. I remember watching her on the movie Dream Girls, and I was thinking to myself, oh my God, this lady is not only beautiful, but she can sing her ass off. It was just incredible. Another one, Kanye West, when I was like seven. I was listening to Flash and Lights, and I was like, oh, my God, this dude sounds amazing. And, of course, as y'all all know, in 2009 with Drake, the fact that he has that very vulnerable type of um, identity when it comes to, you know, singing and rapping, the fact that you, you're you a great rapper, but you also sing really good, amazing. So I feel like those three are the ones who I looked up and admired when I was younger, and I'm still fans of them, you know, to this day. I think mine was definitely Rihanna because I used to love playing all of her music. Her and Nicki Minaj, the whole Pink Point album. I listened yeah. to that nonstop. Yeah. Yeah, Rihanna was like definitely a staple for me. I remember her from like that one one movie. That was when I was first introduced, and when she was obviously like on the radio and stuff. Yeah. I was like, oh, so cool. She's on the radio and she's featured in a movie. She's a double threat. Yeah, like as 2010s, like so old that she just 
became like the epitome of pop star the epitome of stardom like you know she's gained so much from her from her stardom of like being a singer she now owns her own makeup brand and her own like fashion brand her own lingerie brand it's like pretty awesome but um one thing i talked about is the fact that we were introduced to like not necessarily obsessing over celebrities, but the fact that we were introduced to like, um, I guess, keeping up with the Joneses at such a young age, I think that affected me negatively because I found myself not only comparing myself to celebrities, but I found myself comparing myself to people in like a very negative way, maybe. Did you guys experience the same thing, maybe? I would say I experienced that with uh, Drake, just because of the fact that one, he he's a Scorpio, which I am, and then two, he he just has this scent, like confidence to him that I sometimes feel sometimes. But then, appearance-wise, let's be real and pause on all of this. He's extremely handsome. You know what I'm saying? So when I look at him, I'm just thinking to myself, man, if I just had his beard, you know, his haircut, you know, I could be I could be the man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's definitely a lot of if I just had. And yeah. this left or not, not just celebrities, but the people um, we are presented to, like on Instagram, like maybe even YouTube. I say Instagram because we're all aware of like the um, the trope, like Instagram baddie, I guess. Yeah. Of people that we should like fit into, like the perfect 19 year old or the perfect 20 year old, people with the perfect relationship. But even lesser than that, I think we're introduced to that at a really young age. And one, I wanted to ask you, do you guys feel like idolizing other entities is like, okay? Like, is it like absolutely terrible? Is it absolutely good? Like, what do you guys think? I think if it gets to the point where you can't separate reality from the TV screen or your phone screen, it's absolutely terrible because it ruins your relationship with people because you can no longer see them as what they are and you just see this idea of them. And seeing someone for an idea of them that you want to see is not really seeing them as themselves. Yeah. yeah. You're not getting to learn them at a deeper level. Right. I, I also agree. I think, I think it's not bad that you like a celebrity, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, when you get to that point where it's like, you're going crazy because Beyonce is eating a sandwich. It's like, what's wrong with you? And no, I've never experienced that. Like, what is wrong with you? Same thing with like Kanye West buying shoes. It's like, what's what's going on with y'all? Are you okay? Like mentally, it's like, oh my God, drooling over a poster of them and all that stuff. Yeah, it can get very negative, but it can get very negative, but... Ashanti, stop doing that. <laughs> but just you can just be like, yeah, when I was growing up, you know, I used to listen to Drake. I used to listen to Kanye and Beyonce, but don't be yeah. going all all over them, slobbering all over them and stuff. I'm a so you know, remember back in the day when some people used to get haircuts to look just like Justin Bieber? Yeah. Or haircuts look like One Direction. Like that uh bang. Yeah. yeah or um what was it um they were on vine They're, the mad cowboys people tried to look like them too yeah yeah that was a whole that was a lot the suburb suburbia suffered from that let me tell you real quick let me tell you. That in the e-boy trend 
That and the E Boy trend. Oh gosh, yes. Yeah. So I I definitely agree with what you said. I think when we um, make everything relative to one image, it can be it can be very negative with our personal relationships, especially like romantic wise, I guess, because like I said, we talk about media and social media a lot. And I guess in a way we're sort of indoctrinated what we believe not only from our parents but what we see through images in tv so when you see a certain so when you idolize or you see certain images over and over again your expectations um your expectations are extremely connected to that and your standards will be as well however the reality and the complexity of people aren't always going to match up with that and that frustrates people a lot because they feel like they can't this world wasn't meant for them i was born in the wrong time everyone's crazy not everyone's going to be a damn celebrity. Not everyone's going to have that particular body type. Not everyone's going. You see what I'm saying? Hey, y'all, hey, we got like nine minutes left. So I'm going to stop this one and we're going to start another uh, yeah. video, okay? Mm -hmm. All right, so. Yeah. Hey, uh, right. Did you want to say, were you about to say something? No one's about to say something? No. Oh, sorry, sorry. But yeah. Oh. Um, Oh, I was going to say what topic are you on. I think we're on the We're talking about the relationships. Yes. Wait, is this? I think this still says we have eight minutes left. So let's try to, like, get to that, the fourth topic now. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, all right. Yeah. But definitely, I personally think that it's negative with your personal relationships. If you, uh, if you, if you aren't, like Kristen said, if you aren't able to reality from the things that we consume and the images that we consume yeah now um do you guys agree or disagree uh, I, I agree i agree 100%. all right okay now our fourth topic is the importance of self-preservation especially in the context of the racial tension that we are facing right now and of course coronavirus all of these things can be very burdening to a person and if you don't understand how to diffuse you will be tired you will have emotional burnout you will hate humanity you'll wish that you it just everything was over so i wanted to talk to you guys what do you guys to what do you guys do to preserve yourselves Sometimes I just don't. I, well, you can go. You can go. Oh, you can speak actually. All right, I'm, I'm gonna make this quick. So I usually just try not to think about what's going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? Because it, it's very draining, to be honest with you. Extremely draining. But the main thing is, I still try to inform myself of what's you know going on in the world. You know what I'm saying? I'm not just. Uh, like unaware of anything, you know, I, I still want to educate people of what's happening, but don't want that, that to um, kind of hold down or burden them to not be themselves in life. That's really good. One thing that I do is I either meditate, read a book, or I pray, because that seems yeah. to me. Yeah. 
Yes, especially when um, with our devices, how we're constantly bombarded with information all the time. You're forced to analyze this information that's in front of you. I personally take days where I put my phone on do not disturb or sometimes when I go to sleep, I'll turn my phone off so I won't immediately look at my phone when you wake up. Because when we see, like especially when the whole Black Lives Movement thing was going on and we saw all these Black people over the summer being lynched, maimed, we saw so many repeated incidences of like Black um protesters being like killed you definitely you have to put your phone down at one point and tell yourself that this is like everything is everything is everything these things are happening for a reason but don't don't constantly throw yourself in the fire i guess especially for black people self-preservation is so very important because you're yeah yeah so i I turn my phone off, like Christian said, I, I read or write, and sometimes I delete my news app because that's just like information like immediately, like when I look up my phone, so-and-so got killed, 30 people were shot, blah, 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 blah. And like Jordan, it's important to stay in tune with current events because you don't want to be an off-par person. You want to be well-rounded, being well-rounded, but being well-rounded is just as important as preserving yourself. Yeah, definitely, mm -hmm. definitely. Yeah. But was there anything else you guys would like to add to the topic of self-preservation? No. Nope. Nope. Right. I guess this is the end oh, of the oh. All right. Oh, I guess this is a podcast. Um, all right. Bye. All right. All thank right. you all for the 1025 podcast. I'm Jordan along with Ashanti and Kristen, and we will see you next time. Peace.